Where did you decide that this was going to be your noble purpose to work with women? My mom was sick at the time, battled cancer for 18 months. The irony of it all is that during those 18 months, I was probably the healthiest I have ever been in my life. Because that's when I realized how great of a stress reliever it was. Right. Exercise is the most overlooked stress reliever and food is the most overused. That was when I really realized the benefit of exercising for my mental. Get ready to buckle up because on the She's Got Drive podcast, you remember that your brilliance is your birthright. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. It's Shirley McAlpine, your host. I am looking forward to our conversation today because we have Crystal Taylor. Fitness is not a game, is her business. And we're going to have a really rich conversation about our health and well-being and staying fit. And particularly, Crystal works with women over 40. I cannot tell you how important this conversation is. I think that you know that if you've been following me, if you have been listening to this podcast, you know that in 2019, I was diagnosed with osteoporosis. In 2020, I was diagnosed with um, an autoimmune disease, Graves' disease. Our health and well-being is literally no joke. I am happy to report that my um, levels are back to normal in my Graves' disease. I have worked hard to get it to that. I have had to make some significant changes in um, how I'm living my life and what I'm eating and what supplements I'm taking and like really getting into my health in that way in order to, to produce that result versus going down the, the Western medicine route, which would have removed my thyroid was the goal was just take it out was what the um, doctor wanted to do. And then I would be on on medication for the rest of my life. So being healthy, taking responsibility for our health and well-being, taking responsibility for our fitness is really close to me. Our health outcomes as black communities, as black women, is not great. And some of that is definitely down to the systemic oppression and racism that we experience in the healthcare system. And certainly we need to take control of our own health because as we say, nobody is coming to save us. Nobody is coming to save us. There is so much that we can do around our own health and well-being. And I'm not saying it's easy and it takes a lot to break habits. It takes a lot inside of the environment that we live and all the kinds of things that are put in front of us to eat, the portions, like there's a whole range of things. And so this conversation about our fitness and about our well-being is a, is an important one. And, uh, and I know for myself that I feel so much better having started going to the gym in 2019. Prior to 2019, you know, so the gift, that was the gift, gift of my diagnosis of osteoporosis was that I went, started going to the gym. And prior to that, another, another story is I would start getting up in the morning and I would start to have like, uh, uh, you know, like creaky body, like it'd be achy as I got out of bed. And you know what? I started to say to myself, well, that's, that's what it's like when you get, get older. Cause I'd seen my parents like, you know, warm their body up in the morning. I'd seen them like go, Ugh, 
you know, make noises as they, <laughs> as they got out of bed, you know. So I thought, well, that's what happens. What happens is as you get older, your, your body then starts to be, you know, not as effective. And then you start to get these aches as you raise out of bed. What I discovered was after going to the gym for a few months, that stopped happening. And I was like, wait, I don't have that anymore as I get out of bed. And I still don't have that anymore as I get out of bed. And I get out of my bed early. And I don't have a creaky body as I get out of bed at all. There's a number of things. It's one is just like our expectations and our conditions and what, what it looks like as we get older. Our, our low expectations about what our body can do, really, is the other thing. And there's so much for us to learn and discover about ourselves. But we have to educate ourselves and we have to do the work and we have to harness the expertise of people like Crystal who can support us in doing the work. And um, I have my, my trainer, Aaron, um, who's, who's been so fantastic for me in supporting me around um, getting, back to, getting back on my health and staying fit and staying inside of my goals. So you can see that I'm excited. I really am excited about this conversation because it's an important conversation for me. When we talk about living your dream life, I promise you inside of that dream is health and well-being. We may not, you know, we may have images of all kinds of other things, but all of us want to be healthy. All of us want to live a long, healthy life. And we can have a say in that. So many of us are dying far too young and some of those deaths can be prevented. And so many of us are dealing with some chronic illnesses. Some of those chronic illnesses can be prevented or at least managed. And, um, and it isn't always, you know, there's some things we can do ourselves to do that. So I'm really hoping that out of this, this um, session, this week, this session, hear me, like we're in a coaching session, out of this podcast episode this week, what we find is new insights, new um, things you can be doing and then taking it on. So that's what the podcast episode is going to be. I'm looking forward to it. And um, please write me, get in contact with me to let me know what you're getting from this and what you're taking on as a result. So that let's, let's get over to the interview now with Crystal Taylor. work that you do um particularly with women mainly i don't know if you only work with women or actually only women only, only women only women and um and around uh, the health and well-being and i know you're passionate about that so um i'm excited about the conversation we're about to have so well, let's let's kick it off with you sharing like for our listeners who you are and like more detail about what you do yeah, so I am Crystal Taylor, the owner of Fitness is Not a Game, and I am the health coach who specializes in helping women over 40 lose weight without dieting or exercising for more than 30 minutes at a time. So that that is my jam. I don't believe in long workouts. I like to call my workouts the dirty 30s. We don't need equipment. Just use your own body. I didn't realize it was only over 40. That was the goal, like, for in terms of what is it about that? the women over 40 that has you like focused there you know what I think it's because I know it's because that's where I can relate right when right. I 
when I first got into this industry, I really thought I would work with, you know, early 30s, you know, and do the hard, you know, grunt type of workouts. But the more I talk, I guess I have an older soul. And it's funny I say that, but then I say 40 because 40 is not old. But I realized that my conversation is more about healthy living. And so because I'm talking about healthy living, I'm not aiming at those women. I know at 40, 45, 50, we still want to be fly. But I think at that point, we really start thinking about our lives and feeling healthy and being healthy and being around longer. I think our conversation and our, our mindset shifts around that time. So that's why I'm really hitting those 40s and not somebody who's going to immediately come ask me, can I do meal replacement shakes? And what do you think about this waist trainer? Girl, go on somewhere. That, that's not what we focus on. That's yeah. So when you talk about like people who just want to do it fast, do it like no, no, we're talking about like really looking at how you're living your life and transforming how you're living your life. Yep, we are looking at lifestyle shifts and not fad diets. So you know, because I don't know if you know the stat or not, but the average American adult will try 55 diets in their lifetime. What? Yes, sounds crazy. Let's do some quick Let's do some quick math. That's true, you know, I I'll probably at least try half that. So think I'll... about it. If adulthood was just 25 to 55, that's 30 years. That's two diets a year. Somebody's already tried two or three yeah, diets totally. a year. And it's crazy that when you put that, we're like, wow, it is so easy. And so when you hear that, well, I know for a lot of people that's 55 failures and that's 55 frustrations whereas for me I'm like kudos that's 55 tries you at least try yeah. 55 yeah. times right so yeah. instead of keep pushing yourself into that and feeling like you failed 55 times let's see what that lifestyle shift is that you need so that whatever you're doing is sustainable nothing's going to be perfect right it's all mm-hmm. about consistency and a lot of times people think consistency equals perfection but it doesn't so my goal is to help people find those shifts and their lifestyle to still do the things they enjoy, eat the things that they enjoy. But how do we moderate that? How do we balance it so that we can still reach the goal, right? Yeah. As to, you know, doing all these drastic things just so we can get a specific number, whether it's a number on a scale or the number on our tags, then nobody knows anyway unless you tell them. Right, right. And then I think the thing is about uh, one of the, well, I'd like, let me see. <laughs> one of the things I'd like us to talk about is like, our notion of the foods that we like or the things that are the treats are usually the things that have, have sugar and stuff like that or the things that have fats or not healthy fat. Um, people aren't saying, oh, let me go run and get that mango. But really and truly, you know, I, I, I really have to coach myself. So like chocolate, why is chocolate a treat? Chocolate, quality chocolate is just quality chocolate. But, that notion of like when I have a mango that's ripe, this is real candy. Like this is mm-hmm. just, I think this about retraining ourselves around what is treats and what is food foods that we like because we've been our palate has been fooled. I think oh. into the addictive foods which are not helpful. Oh, absolutely. But then even hearing the word treat. Like, I give my uh, clients a magnet when they join my program, and it says, I am not a dog. Because we shouldn't be treating ourselves with foods. 
Yeah. We give our, you know, that's how we train our dog. Yeah. So yeah. for us, and the other magnet, one of the other ones is there's no good or bad food. It's just food. Yeah. So we have to, like you said, it's about training ourselves to realize what we put in our bodies, it's just fuel on some type of level. We're either going to give it some good clean fuel and our bodies are going to run a certain way. Or we might give it a little sludge and it's not going to run as well as we want it to. Right. There's nothing even wrong with chocolate, sugar, bread, carbs, fried chicken. There's nothing wrong with them overall. It's about how frequently people consume them yeah. and how they consume them. Consume them. Yeah. I'm people like, pick a struggle, right? So if you want to get you some fried chicken, all right. But do you need a whole six piece? Probably not. Then do you need to slather it in ranch and barbecue sauce? Probably in ketchup. Probably not. You know what I'm saying? Like you need it with a waffle. Probably not. Exactly. Do you need to put all the butter and all the syrup on that waffle if you do decide? Yeah. It's funny you said it because I just made chicken and waffles on my cooking show. <laughs> but I did air fryer chicken. Okay. The waffles were made with uh ground up oats, Greek yogurt, mm-hmm. bananas. Is you know what I'm saying? So it's about it's, yeah. I, I don't want you to restrict yourself, but just what are the healthier decisions we can make? You know what I'm saying? Right. Maybe you need as much cheese. Maybe you don't need as much sauce. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you can air fry it instead of frying it. You know, they right. just just think about the ways you can still enjoy what you like. Because I love me some food. I love me some food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eat. I will eat. <laughs> I know there's certain foods make my right. body a certain way. Talk about diet and diet meaning how we eat, not diet meaning. How long does it take for people to, do you think, to retrain themselves around their eating habits? I know for myself, like I have, I follow a particular type of eating that was connected to a condition that I had. So as a way of healing my condition. Mm-hmm. And it works. And so now I'm in it. It doesn't, I don't feel like I'm missing out on those things. It's just, mm-hmm. I just don't eat those things. So how long is when you've worked with, with the, your, the women that you work with, how long has it taken them on average to shift their lifestyle and shift to that new way of eating? Yeah, I would say, of course, the first week or two is a struggle. Yeah. By the third week is when it's like, okay, I'm getting a better hang of it. But then probably with anything, I really think three months is that sweet spot when it becomes routine. Right. You know, where it's just like in the beginning, it's just like, ah, you're fighting it. No. And then third week, like, okay, I'm starting to understand it now. And I can, you know, I can maneuver around <laughs> what I want to eat, how I need to eat it and da, da, da. But then by like month three, it's like it's not even thinking anymore. You already know when you go in the store, this is a better better option. Nothing's good. And I'm just I'm gonna put it out there. Ain't none of this food good. Ain't none of it. Even the stuff they claim is organic. I said none of it's good. None right. of it. It's all it's all it's always oh, something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's always something. You know, even for my vegan, you know, if you know, it, when you eat these plant based proteins, they are processed oh. like crazy. Yeah. Saying like you ain't never found a carrot that looks like a doggone shrimp. That is (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Those burgers are made in a laboratory. Yeah. So Yeah, let's say if you're gonna do it, let's just go back to the black bean burgers like we used to do. 
Yeah, you know, it's so bad. You don't need to. Yeah, the plant based. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's so it's that's that's I would say by the but by the third month, it's easier when you're in a store. You know, it's or yeah. a restaurant and looking at a menu, you're not stressing as much. Like, oh, what about? Because now they understand it's really about balance anyway. So, yeah. say for instance, like in my household, everybody knows this. In my household, we eat pizza every Friday for dinner. Can you tell? I want that to change. <laughs> I'll normally make all these years. You still is it be done on fit? Wow, it's been nineteen years. Every Friday, are Even you Black Friday? When you still got good old Thanksgiving leftovers, they still one pizza i can probably count on in 19 years i could probably count on one maybe if i'm lucky two hands how many fridays i have not had pizza wow that is wild yeah but on those fridays and it's not about a a punishment or anything like that Mm -hmm. i just know i'm i am going to eat lighter throughout the day on friday because if I'm going to eat pizza, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to eat pizza. I'm going to have some chicken. Some days I might throw some ranch with my chicken. And I am going to have a cocktail of three because it's Friday. You know right. what I'm saying? So right. it's really about that balance. So around month three, you start realizing, like, all right, Friday, we're going to have a snack. But I'm just going to get back on a Saturday morning and Sunday and all that. And it's not about it being a cheat meal. It is not, there's no such thing as a cheat meal. Yeah, I love the way you're packing the language around our food and our eating. No. Yeah, because it's like a cheat day, and I hate days, but I don't like the phrase. I make choices about the weekend. I'm going to, there's a particular, (laughs) and there's a particular um, coffee shop, and she's just reopened again. And she's like, literally, I think, one of the best bakers in the city. And, um, and I and I'll go to that. Now let me just say I'm eating a gluten free canola. Do you get me? It's not even like yeah. and I I look at myself yeah. and I think well, it's not even really that hardcore. But yeah. that's what that's the big thing for me, right? So I'm gonna do that, but not like it's a cheat day. Yeah. Because the thing is is that when you call it cheat, you are telling yourself and words have energy, and your yeah. body listens to the energy, you're telling yourself that you're still doing something wrong. wrong exactly. And you're not. You're just eating. It's a balance. It is part of your lifestyle. And once that mindset is accepted, it makes it a lot easier because then you're not feeling bad about anything, and you're just having a conversation. At this point, you know that if you continue to eat, you know, because try to say 80-20, right? Yeah. 80, on the on the cleaner, healthier, that's what I always say, er, healthier side, 20 just sort of loosey-goosey. But if you flip it and it's 20 loose, I mean, 80 loosey-goosey and then 20 healthier, that's your decision that you're making. That's yeah. your decision. Yeah, and there's an impact of that decision. I think the thing yeah. is, it's like us, us just being responsible for the, those choices have an impact and yeah. to deal with the impact much sometimes people people sooner rather later yeah um, and that's why i do work with women over 40 because now we're thinking about that you know in your 20s look yeah i can't tell you how many times i will go get a big old greasy burger some fries a big old drink 
in the middle of the night, eat it in my bed and go straight to sleep and would be okay. We're not doing that in our no, 50s. No, no, times in the world to get you through that. And in the world to get you through I think about if I ate when in my 20s the way I eat now, I'd be like, I'd be like a rake. I think this thing. I mean, I simply <laughs> think about how little I, you know, comparatively, yeah. I eat or the variety. Because you can't, if you want to stay in the shape that I want to stay and health and well be, I can't eat like I did. I can't, no. I mean, that's the thing. You just got to get with the program. You just can't do it over over full. And you wouldn't necessarily be real thin either because our bodies change our hormones change as we age so that's why you know you can look at a picture now from when you were 20 and you were like oh look how little I was because our bodies just naturally gain between two to ten pounds a year so that's why you can look back at your high school pictures and look like a totally different person right Right. now people that was a natural gain (laughs) they gained Yeah, they went way beyond. But the average person, like, we're not, our bodies don't want to be the same size they were at 18, 21, when you're 47, when you're 54. Right. Bodies are different. They've gone through different things. Our hormone makeup is different. We're not going to be that anyway. So, So, did you enjoy your food back then when you did? (laughs) And I enjoy my food. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I enjoy what I do now. I enjoy what I do, and I like that I manage it, and I, I don't have as much negative self-talk as I used to have around my foods. Yeah. Um, so how about the fitness side? And then, then I'd like to discover more about how you came to land in this work. Sure. Um, so if we think about, because we spent some time talking about food, if we think about fitness and how much you said only 30 minutes or no more than 30 minutes, you can do it in your home using your own body weight. So what is it about how we need to be paying attention to that? What are the kinds of things that you're doing with the women that you're working with that's really helping them? Yeah, doing (laughs) – people underestimate the benefit of quick workouts, body workouts, and even low-impact workouts. I always tell my people low-impact does not mean low-effort. That just means we are protecting those joints. And those and the reason why I made sure my workouts encompass those things, and that's to remove all those excuses. You know, you hear people say, well, I don't have time. Well, you got 30 minutes. I don't have no equipment. Good. You don't need it. Ooh, my knees are bad. So am I. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the majority of that from being in the military. In the military, we didn't have equipment. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I had a discharge, and even outside of realizing that we did a lot of calisthenics and everything was body weight, unless they made us carry each other, and that's more body weight. And I remember them pairing, out at the time, I was 5'5", five, five, 135. They paired me with a guy who was 6'2", I think 245. What? And I had to carry him on my back while running. <laughs> but the thing about it is that when you challenge yourself, you'll be surprised at what you can do. Right. Really stuck with me with all of that. I had a drill sergeant. Ooh, he was exactly what you would think of with an army drill sergeant. And it was the day we were learning how to repel off the wall. So we're climbing up the walls, repelling off the wall. And there were people who were struggling to get up the wall. And he said, 
it, well, he's, I'm going to say it in a nice way, in a clean way. But the gist of what he said was, if you can't lift your own body weight, you are a danger to others. Now, of course, he's thinking about when it comes to wartime, right? You know, if something's going on and we're all trying to get there, you can't slow people down because you can't lift your own body weight up because we're not going to leave you, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. So, but that just stuck with me with everything, you know, because I was that one. I could not do, I barely got one push-up done when I went to basic training. That was the requirement to go to basic training. I had to do one push-up. And if you've seen how hard I struggled to get that one push-up, because that strength, I just was not taught and raised mm-hmm. to build strength, right? I was on the pop on squad. You know, like, we just didn't do that. So I really incorporate strength training with my women because too many women are afraid of it. We're cardio queens. We're going to walk all day. We'll ride a bike. We'll get on the elliptical. We'll go on the stairs. We'll go on the treadmill. We'll do all of that stuff because we've been taught a few things that weightlifting is for men, weight, the strength training will make you bulky look like a man, you know, and that's the thing. It's so true. It's not true because you don't have as much testosterone as that man to look like a man. It's going to shape your body. And it's, I love it. I love it. I wish I started earlier. Look, I do too. I, I, I finally challenged myself when I was early to mid twenties. One day I said, you know what? Oh, I love your water. Come on, infused water. Mm. Come on. Uh, but one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to learn. Right. I was so nervous walking into the weight room because it was all guys. Right. And I just, you know, I started with the machines, like, like a lot of women do. And I was like, I can at least read the machine and follow the pictures. Right. But the stronger I got, the more I saw the muscles develop even more. Cause the first time I really saw my muscles in basic training in the army, I was like, Ooh, like, what is that? And that was the first day I was like, wait a minute, these muscles are popping and we ain't on no equipment. Like, this is literally just me using my body. Like, yeah. what? Like this is this is real. So that's that's the message that I share with my women. And then on top of that, the reason why I do 30 minutes, because a lot of people really do run away from exercise because they'll look on social media and they see people doing crazy workouts for two hours a day. And it's intimidating. All of that is intimidating, you know, but you really only need 150 minutes a week to see results. That's it. That's 30 minutes. That's it. That's amazing. I mean, I remember like. I would, so I had to go to strength training because of my osteoporosis. That's what prompted me to start. But I remember booking, like, working it out so I had to train her and stuff. And I follow and know Angelique Miles. I've interviewed her for the podcast years ago and I was feeling so uncomfortable and fearful. I couldn't, I couldn't articulate why I was feeling that way about, cause I'm about going to do the strength training. And I just text her and say, can I just have a, just 10 minutes of your time, you know? So I just said, I don't know why I'm fearful. It's just really weird. I just feel funny about it. Mm-hmm. And um, she, we had this really great conversation. And, and then, and I, and I was like, she says, you can do it. It's, it's fine. Once you start, you're going to be great. And then I started and I was like, Oh, wait, this is as bad as I thought it was going to be. I don't even know what it was. And I didn't understand, just like in the beginning, you don't understand what you're doing. 
Yeah. And then I got to this point where I really, I was, I loved, loved, loved it. And I was really getting somewhere with my, before COVID, you know, I was really just like, I was like, my body's like, I was sick of my, <laughs> I just tapped my arm, you know, like suddenly I'm just tapping my arm and go, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, i catch a glimpse of your, you know, my, oh my God, my, my belly, my, apps right and I thought yeah. oh okay okay I'd catch myself and then and then realize I really liked it so I get up early and I'm you'll find me in the gym at 5 30 in the morning and I'm doing my thing and then I'm set I have to do it in the morning you gotta find your time of your day whatever your time is then to make it work some people at night sometimes in the middle of the day I'm morning if, it, if I don't do the morning you're not gonna find me in the gym with over 30 years of experience working with thousands of individuals just like you, I have witnessed what occurs when you harness the power of a clear vision. I've helped people from all walks of life create the lives that they truly desire. And I'm excited to share my proven techniques with you and spending time with you in my masterclass. I'm leading a masterclass it's called Vision in Five, Crafting Your Ideal Life with Five Simple Steps. It's going to take place on Thursday, August the 24th, between 7 and 8.30 Central, 8 to 9.30 Eastern. What are we going to do? So I want you to join me for a really exciting online event where I'm going to guide you in crafting your ideal life with a simple process. And when you have it's an opportunity for you to really discover how to create a vision so you can manifest your dreams into reality. I have a five-step process that I have used when I've worked with my clients over those years, over the last 30 years, as I've said before. And this, my intention is that you're going to leave with this five-step process. My intention is to empower you to take charge of your life and to have the opportunity to gain clarity, find inspiration and to unlock the future that you crave. So sign up for the masterclass, embark on a journey towards fulfilling your life. The link for the masterclass is in the show notes. So click the link in the show notes, register for the masterclass. I will see you in the masterclass on Thursday, the 24th of August. I do my first thing in the morning. So before I go to bed at night, I pull out everything I need to sit on my dress. So when I wake up in the morning, that is what I put on. I'm not about to put on any other clothes or anything like right. that. I put that on and I go straight into my workout for a number of reasons. One, <laughs> it's a great stress reliever, you know, especially with us having business. Yeah. Like we know that the day is possibly going to be chaotic, right? So to be able to get it out the way, reduce those stress levels, I think clearer. I get some of my best ideas while I'm exercising. But then also, if I don't do a first thing in the morning, all day I'm like this, like, ooh, what time am I going to be able to get my work? So I can't even focus. I can't even focus. Because now I've, I've gotten dressed, I've started my day, but now i got to change. Oh. Work out. Put some more clothes on, probably go to some more meetings on. Ah, let's just, let's just go and get out of the way. And it helps you feel so accomplished where you're like, all right, I did that. So let me right. go and everything else. And something else I don't do, this is not exercise per se. It's not at all. But one of my biggest tips, especially for my business and for everybody, I don't touch my phone until I finish my workout. Really? 
You know why? Because it can mentally drain you for something that you see on your notifications, whether it's a post on social media, whether it's a glimpse of an email that just came in. So now you're possibly going to push off your workout because now you're trying to respond to this stuff. Or if you tell yourself, nope, I'm going to work out first. All while you work it out, you're thinking about this thing. Like right. I, I had way too many mornings where the first notifications I saw were negative or things that brought me down and right. then impacted my workout. And I was like, I can't do that anymore. At least that's my time. Let me control my time and feel okay. good about it. So doing my cool down while I'm on a treadmill, then that's when I'll start replying to text messages and, you know, emails, social media. But luckily I have my phone set. The only, I touch it to turn off the alarm, but I don't see anything else. And that's exactly how I love it. I don't, I don't want or need to see anything that's going to throw me off until I do my part for me, you know, cause 30 minutes is literally 2% of your day. 2%. It's not a lot. I think that now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about the days when I'm not at the, when I don't go to the gym. I could do, I've got like, I've got workouts I can do for, with my body. I've already got mm-hmm. them outlined. So when I'm traveling, um, yeah, I could do that. Get up and do 30 minutes. Cause yeah. I have it in my head as an hour in the, yeah, but I could totally just get up and do 30 minutes. That's 30 minutes. And you know what? And even if, you know, like for me, I I like creating workouts. That's my job, right? Like I was literally laying in my bed last night and I pulled up my notes on my phone and started typing out what workout I wanted to do today. Like, oh, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. Right. Like that is fun to me, you know, like because I know what I want to feel by the time I'm done with my workout. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell people, too, if you don't have a conversation with your God doing your workout, you're not working hard enough. <laughs> And I'm a firm believer in that. You gotta like, be able to go, oh, like, you gotta ask yourself, like, what the heck? Like, right. Like, hype yourself. Right. Like, like, girl, you got, like, <laughs> I was counting down to my last, like, five reps today, and I was like, keep going. Bam, look at you, girl. Yep, two more. And the last one, I was like, you bad, girl. Like, you, I feel like you have to, at some point, you gotta have some type of hype session. Cause if it's 30 minutes, that's 30 minutes of getting it. That's not 30 minutes of just showing up. You got to show off for those 30 minutes. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? So don't just show right. up. And, like, well, I did 30 minutes. But what did you do? Like, did you do it for real or did it do you? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act a fool in my work. But what I was going to say is, is even if you're not like me, and most people aren't, you know, because I really do enjoy creating workouts, get on YouTube. There's yes, so enough many, resources. There is enough. Look, and, and be specific about what you want. 20 minute body weight, upper body workout. You're going to find it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Or if you just say, you know what? I don't know if I want to do all that today. So let me just do some yoga. But I only have 15 minutes. Put in 15 minute yoga. You know what I'm saying? Do like, something. Do something if you like. I just feel like dancing. Put in twenty minute dancing workout. You could even put it in ratchet dancing, like whatever you want. <laughs> you can find. You can find. So you know, let's just let's remove these excuses because you know the whole. Just like we were talking about cheat meals not being good. I can't stand the term necessary evil. He was like, I don't like to work out, but it's a necessary evil. Oh no. Like, we really have to shift thinking about having to work out as opposed to getting to work out. Yeah. 
at some point our bodies aren't going to work the way they used to or they would want to. So yeah. as long as you're able, you have to be willing. Because at some point in your life, you're going to be like, man, I wish I could. Exactly. Something exactly as simple as going right. down the stairs. I have my home right now because the family we bought it from, a slightly elderly couple, she couldn't go up and down the stairs anymore. It was too much for her. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm grateful because we benefited from it. But I think about that. And I remember being at the gym one day, changing my clothes because here in good old cold Chicago, you know, I would wear my workout clothes and then I would put on sweats and a hoodie on top right. of it. Go to the gym, strip off the top layer, put my shoes back on. And I realized that there were two people who couldn't stand and change their clothes. One was an elderly lady. Right. And she was kudos her because she didn't get it, you know, but she just had to sit down because she couldn't balance. But then there was another lady who was obese and kudos to her because she was in there getting it too, but she right. couldn't. And I just remember, it, I don't know why it hit me that day. And I was like, man, I'm grateful that I can still do this because here right. I am standing up and just stripping stuff off, balancing and throwing stuff around and they have to find the seat. You know, so as long as I my body is working for me, I'm gonna work it and I'm gonna be thankful for it. And, and I work for your body. Yeah. Your body for you. And I also yeah. feel like for me not to use my body while I'm able, I feel like it's disrespectful to those who can't and want to. Mm-hmm. I really feel I mean I feel you on this one because you know, when you you know, have my parents both passed away when you watch them become ill and really struggle to do some of the things that we actually take for granted yeah you know you look at that and you think i do not want to i have to have to yeah utilize this moment this time um definitely definitely what got you so you said you were in the military where did you decide that this was going to be your your noble purpose to work with women my mom was sick at the time. And during my mom's illness, my mom um, battled cancer for 18 months. The irony of it all is that during those 18 months, I was probably the healthiest I have ever been in my life. Because what I realized was that exercise, that's when I realized how great of a stress reliever it was. Right. Stress, I mean, exercise is the most overlooked stress reliever and food is the most overused. So I realized that, um, you know, because my mom, I would be in the hospital with my mom for weeks at a time. And I just realized that running cleared my brain and made it easy for me to have conversations with her doctors, you know, know what I wanted to ask, be able to explain it to her better, whatever the case may be. That was when I really realized the benefit of exercising for my mental. Mm-hmm. But I would say you mentioned working out a trainer. After I had my second son, my body just didn't bounce back the way I wanted it to. Right. <laughs> uh, so I did the whole desperation thing that a lot of women do. You know, I got about the fat burners, but that only lasts like two days because I know I have heart disease in my family. That was a very selfish decision. And I was nursing. So I was like, go ahead, wasting my money. But I threw them away. They were given free <laughs> training sessions. And I remember working out with a trainer and being so intrigued by what I was learning. 
that was when I first realized, like, oh, this is intriguing. Like, huh, okay. And I remember just soaking it all up and remembering everything that they taught me, right? Because I went to two different gyms to get two free sessions. Don't judge me. <laughs> I was broke. But that was the first time I got intrigued by it. But I fell into it because I did a figure competition in 2014. And, of course. What's the figure competition? Oh, so it's like body, 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 body weight, body yeah, body. Building. Yeah, so they right. call it weightlifting, body shape, you know, so we're okay. in your underdraws, but they're different categories. Yeah. They have, like the bikini category, that's where it's just all about looking svelte and sexy. Right. So the figure for me, that's the one I did where it's not about looking muscular, it's about having shape, right? Okay. So it was muscle tone, but it wasn't all of the striation and all of that stuff. So right. that was the category I did. And of course, I maintained afterwards. I gained my weight back. Ooh, cause I, I was so tiny when I got on this stage. I didn't like that at all. I was 126.6 pounds when I got on wow. stage. I'll never forget that. And I was like, this is too little, but yeah. picked up, gained my weight, but kept the shape. And that was when people really started asking, like, what are you doing? Would you train me? And I just was giving people workouts for fun. Like I said, I, what, when I enjoyed making workouts, I was doing it for everybody. I was printing them out. I was making little books and it took my husband, who is the serial entrepreneur, uh, to point out that I had found my passion. Right. Meal plans and everything. And I was just doing it for free. And he was like, babe, because at the time I was planning on going back to get my doctorate. I was like, I should get my doctorate. I just sort of want to be called Dr. Taylor. I ain't going to. I did. I did. Let's I did. be real. There are many people who are like that. Let's be real. I like the title. I like the sound of it. But I was like, if I'm going to give this much time and energy to something, I have to like love it, love it. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find a field of study that I love, love. You know, so my background's in business, and I really enjoy business. But I was like, mm. but when I saw. You know, not only like just getting the feedback from the people I would make workouts for. Right. Family and friends. They're like, you know what? It's like you challenged me, but it wasn't even that hard to put in my calendar. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, like, girl, look at my arms. Like I was looking, I saw this, that, you know, like just their excitement to want to keep learning and doing more and watching their bodies change. And, you know, asking like, all right, I'm thinking I'm about to eat this. What you think? Should I buy this one or should I buy that one? You know, just the excitement with the right. changes that they were making, it just made me feel good, you know. And I guess even back then, I was focused more on how you feel as opposed to, girl, I can help you lose 20 pounds. Yeah. That's why I never tell people I'm a weight lo- I have a weight loss program because I don't have a weight loss program. I barely even tell people I'm a, a trainer, certified personal trainer, because I am. But when they think of that, they think of somebody who's going to help them lose weight. You know, like, I'm focusing on habits where weight will be lost. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So that's that's one of the results, but it's not the result. Exactly. Right? It's like the, the result is like you shifting your lifestyle, shifting how you approach your life. Yeah. So you a relationship. We, this, there's a phrase you said is that you work for your body. Or this, there's a way they say you work for your body. And it so it'll you, work for you. work for you. That's yeah. it. You work for your body. Yeah. So that made me excited just to see how they started looking at exercising differently. You know, it wasn't a chore. It wasn't about feeling punished, you know, because that's, that's a really hard part reprogramming how people 
think oh. about exercising as a punishment. It uh-huh. just feels like a punishment. I know you, I say you got to have your meeting with God and all that stuff, but it shouldn't feel like a punishment. You should still enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? On some level, if nothing else, enjoying the results that you get after. It's like this morning, you should have seen when I finished that last set. I, you know, I celebrate after every workout. <laughs> I'm on that treadmill cooling down like, hallelujah, blessed be. And I'm like, yeah. you did that, that 30 minutes, you killed it. Now go on about your day. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, oh my God, I got to work out. I no. love it. I love how I start. I feel the difference on the days. When I do a workout and the days that I don't. Oh, absolutely. Listen, can I just, one of the things, when we were at the conference the other day, the other day last month, it was like the month before, because now it's August. There was, what was very hilarious to me, like, it was one morning, I think the first morning, when in that gym, it was packed, packed, packed. I could barely find something to work on. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't go the next day. Then when in the yeah, day after that, I was literally the only one. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, that oh that was yeah. We're not we're not doing it anymore. I went out of my room. I haven't been to a gym, let alone a hotel gym, and I don't remember. I went to I'm sorry, I remember the last time I went to a hotel hotel gym. Excuse me, it was October of twenty twenty one. Wow. But then your whole workouts around you can you got a whole workout around but, but you know what, I don't know, I could do it in my room too. Yeah. I mean, I do have a program that I can, if I, if I don't go to the gym, then yeah. I, I have a program that I, and I have, I carry the bands, Man. I carry the band, what well, is one band in my bag, so that I carry my card. You know, you carry your? My card. That's it. You just carry your Mm-hmm. Oh like, we just came back for, well, we went to Sierra Leone a couple months ago. And that's what I would do. I would go out in the balcony with my cards in the morning. And that's what I would do. You know, so it's always a way. And even if I don't have my cards, you know, like a quick, easy way, I tell people, choose three exercises. Mm-hmm. Like, say you want to do a quick full body workout. You could do something as simple as squats. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like, I'm not a fan of planks and sit-ups and whatever, unless it's a different type of plank. I like a good spider plank. That's when you're in the plank position, but you're bringing your knee out to your elbow, right? Okay. So say you do squats, spider uh, spider planks, and then do modified push-ups. You can just sit there and say you're going to do those, those three exercises. Do 10 of those. Do it in a circuit. You know, do, do uh-huh. top to bottom. And then you do that three or four times, and you're good. Do some, I would say, uh, my clients would tell you, I love some jumping jacks or side jacks if your knees bother you. But warm up with a couple, you know, couple hundred jumper jacks. Do a good 50 to 100 jumper jacks after each circuit. You'll be fine. That sounds great. It's like you find your, and then you can repeat, and you time it. You play some music. Yep. And the time can go so, so quickly. So fast. So I'm curious about... Some other, I'd like to ask you some questions about other aspects of your life. You talked about your mom. And I wondered about what pieces of wisdom from her that you, that you have that influences your life or has influenced your life over the years. It's so funny because my personality is way louder than my mom's was. And mm-hmm. it's so weird because 
a lot of people don't realize it or they know it, but I'm really an introvert. I just project as an extrovert, right? Yeah. But my mom was just like real mellow. You know, she was, she was real mellow. And she wasn't that mom who was walking around with life lessons all the time. Like, let me school you to snack. The thing that stuck with me the most when I was probably in the seventh grade, she told me, don't trust quiet people because you never know what they're thinking. And that has, when I tell you that has guided how I deal with people, I need you to talk so I can get an idea of how your brain works. Right. And I always say, I don't know if you're thinking about cutting my fingers off and feeding them to me. I don't know <laughs> unless you talk. <laughs> and she told me that because I came home from a track meet and it was this boy at a different school. I was like, oh my gosh, I like him. And she's like, why like, I was like, you know, because at that age, boys are just, huh? And I was like, he, you know, he was different. He was quiet. You know, he's just sitting there and she was like, hmm, don't trust quiet people. And from that day on, my friends would tell you, when I lived with my girlfriends, if a guy came over and sat there too quiet, I would tell him, you got five minutes to d- jump in this conversation. You got five. If you don't, this is your five minute warning. Yeah, that's right. We're done. I, I literally used to kick their, their dates out or whoever. If you don't talk, no, sir, I don't, I don't do it. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. And, you know, and if you think about it, what do they always say when it comes to serial killers? He was quiet. He kept himself. <laughs> so I, I I do give that to my mom. And the other thing, my, that's what my mom was different. She was different. Right. Uh, she would also say, be good or be good at it. Those are her two sayings. Be good or be good at it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And if you if you think about your biggest accomplishment, yeah. What would you say it is? Professionally or personally? Either. My biggest accomplishment. Hmm. I would say that the proudest moment I had professionally, I would say that, was um I have a client, she loves to tell the story on how when she first met with me, she has RA, she has rheumatoid arthritis. And she always said, now Miss Crystal, I can't get down on that flow now. I can't do it. But now to watch her, like that is one of the best things to see her when one of Zooms getting up and down. And she tells the story, she always tells people, like, when I first met Miss Crystal, I couldn't get off the commode without some help. But now I'm doing so, I would say that, and I would say something I'm proud of, was betting on myself and to quit my corporate job. That was that was something. It was scary. It was tough. But the day I said, you know what, I choose choose, and not just betting on myself, but choosing myself because it had be, it had turned into a hostile work environment where I was coming at home from work crying, and it was just became too much. But you know, when you're carrying the benefits and you have children, it's hard to be like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, but I did it and because that was what was best for me at the time. So that is something I'm I'm super proud of. Yeah, but I don't know if I have one major thing. Okay, that does are good. And you know what? And your kids could be you could always, I know it sounds cliche, but good. They it is a big accomplishment being a mom. Yeah, and you know, real. And you know, with them, because I had a really good conversation with uh, my boys are 20 and almost 24. And I had a conversation with a 23 year old the other night. And 
I was sharing him, you know, most people, if they, when they know my children, they think that my accomplishments with them, that they both graduated at 16, you know, getting 35 on the ACT, almost full ride to, you know, really school schools. Those aren't the things that make me proud of them. It's when I can see that they make good decisions for themselves because they've learned themselves. When I can be, when my husband and I can be out of the country and our plumbing goes to crap literally and my children figured out how to fit, you know, do it without us. Those are the things that make me proud of my boys. Right. And it's not education. Folks can, you can memorize a book and regurgitate it, but and when I watch it, yeah, watch the type. My, my younger son, the biggest gentleman you're going to find, like he's that one. If, if he's at the, like, I don't touch a door. I don't even almost have to think about it. And you wouldn't either. He could see you have come a half a block away and he would still stand there and hold the door. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Those are the things that make me proud of my boys. So I've got some sentences that I'd like you to, I'm going to say the beginning of the sentence and if you can finish, finish okay. them. Okay. okay. So something most people don't know about me is. It's an open book. <laughs> Uh oh, I love some good trashy TV. You love trashy TV. Okay. Mm. As a child, I was pretty. Mm, wow. Uh, sad. I guess. Okay. One of my superpowers is. Uh, I can relate to people. I believe I've been told by my therapists. That my emotional intelligence is pretty high, so I like to, I can really relate to people. Thanks. Um, the adventure I want to go on one day is? Oh, all 54 countries in Africa. Nice. I love yeah. it. <laughs> all of them. And I believe it's 54. If I got the number wrong, y'all too, but I'm almost certain it's 54. But all okay. the countries. You've already started that, so you've really got... Some of you, yeah. And then one thing I've learned about love or life is? You have to be intentional. It's a decision with everything and everyone you love. You have to be intentional about letting them know and being dedicated to love. Like they say, love is a verb. That's, it's not passive. You have to be intentional. And even with the life you want to live, you got to be intentional. I love that. I love that. That's a great way to end being Ooh. intentional. Thank you so much for this conversation, for the work you do with the women and that you work with, for your commitment to people's health and well-being because it literally transforms people's lives and saves lives. I mean, let's be real. We don't know what that pathway would be if they haven't, hadn't met you, you know? And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, you do amazing work. So thank you for, for, doing that and being on the show. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for including me and, and for you to even see that acknowledgement. That's and bringing it to your people. That says a lot about how much you care about your people. So thank you. And that brings us to the end of another inspiring episode of She's Got Drive. This one is so practical. This conversation with Crystal, it is a must that you take at least one or two 
things away and some actions and I want to see imagine if you took on one or two things and that could be around your food it could be around your movement around your fitness tuning into the things that Crystal's doing online if you take that I want you to just imagine what where your life could be what where that state could be in 30 days if you did it for 30 days, what would be different? And I want you to imagine that. And then in imagining that, then start to take action and just keep in the forefront of your mind what it would look like in 30 days and feel like, because I promise you, you will feel a difference in 30 days. And then you then get to the next arc of the next 30 days. And then the next 30 days. And then the next 30 days. If 30 days feels too much for you, then just do a week. If a week feels too much, let's do let's do the let's do a day. Let's do the next three days. Let's do the next six days. Let's do the next seven days and build. But make a commitment, take on one or two actions, and then just start implementing. But I promise you, you will see a difference in that time. So I really hope that you enjoy the conversation with Crystal, that you're taking so much away from it. She's, it was an incredible conversation and it's th these insights and the, it's these experiences that really embody the drive and the determination that we celebrate on this show that's what it's about so thank you for joining us on this episode of she's got drive if you found it valuable if you got something from it if you can think of someone in your life and think i know someone who could be in this conversation then please share the show you know think about that person and just send them the link to this episode if you like if you enjoyed it go on itunes and like and review the show too and um, let me know um, what you're taking from the show be sure to subscribe and follow us um, on apple Podcasts and spotify anywhere you listen to your podcast so that we can so it can get into your inbox straight away She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. Our beautiful song is written and sang by the wonderful Satoria Key. That episode is coming up soon because I am interviewing her later today. You can download her song from she's got drive.com website and the links there back to me. Remember, we are building a community of women who are living their best lives. So keep driving towards your dreams until next time go well and stay well.